to contact Lior over this next hour. Very, very simple. 416-216-5900. Pretty easy. We'll get your phone calls on the air shortly as well. We always start off with the week that was. We'll get to the severance pay calculator, but first... Got a couple stories for us, yeah? Yeah, I got a couple of stories. Obviously, we're here to talk about workplace rights. Uh, and by the way, you know, before I start, actually, uh, I want uh, one little uh, plug. At my law firm, we're actually hiring a couple of uh, legal assistants. Cool. So if anyone's out there uh, is in that field, legal assistant, interested in a, a really great career opportunity, give me a call, 416-216-5900, or email me. Lior at employmenthour.com. Happy to talk to you. It'll be a really, really cool place to work at my firm. But this is the Employment Hour, John, and we're here to tell people about their workplace rights. If you've been sitting there wondering, you know, can my employer do this to me while you're in luck? We're here to answer those questions exactly. And I want to start off with a couple of scenarios that I saw in the previous week. Mm -hmm. The first situation I'll tell you about started about six months ago. This uh, lady works for a family doctor. Uh, She works, one of three employees working for a family doctor, but all three employees have worked there for many, many years, over 20 years. Six months ago, the doctor went to all three employees and said to them, I want you to sign a new employment agreement. Here's a new employment agreement. Within an hour of that happening, two of the three employees signed that employment agreement. Didn't even bat an eye at it. Sure, you want us to sign? We'll sign. Here you go. We're buddies. Yeah, we're buddies. We trust you. All's good. The third employee called me. All right, She's, she had heard our show. I talked about this issue before when your employer wants you to sign a new agreement, be concerned. And she called me and I reviewed that agreement. And I told her, you should not sign this under any circumstances. Why? Because that employment agreement contained a term that would limit, significantly limit her future severance. Effectively, it said that if we want to let you go down the road, we're only going to pay you a fraction wow. of the severance that we owe you. She didn't sign. And guess what? Her employer didn't even bug her. It, it, the employer realized that she didn't, he, like, he couldn't make her sign. So once she said she's not going to sign, she continued working, and that's it. Fast forward six months, all of a sudden, this doctor is now saying, I'm retiring. Mm. Because of that, I have to let all of you go. And, oh, employees that signed the employment agreement, you're only entitled to eight weeks pay because uh, of that employment agreement. My client, who did not sign, is owed 24 months pay. Bang! Two years pay. And why is that? It's that because she didn't sign that agreement. She didn't limit her entitlements. She knew better. It's a huge lesson, a very, very important lesson for our our listeners. If your employer comes to you, wants you to sign an employment agreement, there's a reason for it, okay? And that reason is that agreement is better for your employer than it is for you. It's better for them than what they had previously. So do not sign an employment agreement once you're already employed without getting legal advice. Literally, for her, it meant 22 months pay, (laughs) okay? Over $100,000. A huge deal, the fact that she didn't sign that employment Compared agreement. to eight weeks, I would say. Yeah, big, yeah. big deal. What else you got? Second situation, I talk sometimes about the Wild West of employment law, car dealers. So I have another a quick matter that came from a, a car dealership. Uh, in this situation, the person that called me had worked for a long time for a car dealership. Again, about 15 years, part-time, uh, mm-hmm. two or three days a week. Uh, they were let go. The car dealership wasn't doing uh, very well. And their employer says, first of all, we only have to pay you eight weeks pay, but, but... Because you're working part-time, we can prorate the eight weeks. We actually don't have to pay you eight weeks. We can pay you a third of that uh, because you're part-time. Ridiculous, outrageous. So what's the problem with that? Number one, first of all, she doesn't get eight weeks. In fact, I assess her as being entitled to about 16 months' pay, not eight weeks. That's problem number one. Number two, you don't prorate that. You get 16 months of your compensation. (laughs) 
It's the first time I'd ever heard about that. It's just an example of some misinformation that you may get from your employer. And I don't even know that that employer was doing anything on purpose. I think that they themselves didn't know any better. Well, again, it's your job as the individual to know better. So if, you're, if you lost your job, the only one that is responsible for making sure you get proper advice is you. You can't count on anyone else. Severance pay calculator. So how do I assess those entitlements? Right. I told you that uh, this person I assessed at 16 months. Well, I look at their age, their position, and the length of their employment. Well, you can do that assessment yourself. You don't necessarily need to call me. I'm happy to talk to you, by the way, but you don't need to. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com. You can do that right now. You can do that tomorrow, anytime, and find out exactly how much you're owed. You input your age, your position, the length of your employment, and it tells you right there how many months pay you are owed. Very simple. Anyone can use it. Uh, I encourage everyone to make it the very first place they go to if they yeah. lose their job. Severancepaycalculator.com. We'll uh, take a quick break. Coming up here, we'll talk about situations when it's better to quit than continue working. It actually happens. We'll give you more details. In the meantime, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. All your questions and queries, we'd love to get to you tonight on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640. 713 416 star 640 on sale is the number to call to talk to Lior tonight. Got to uh, Mark in Toronto. Good evening, Mark. Hi, how are you? Good, pal. What's up? Good. Uh, I just have a question about overtime pay. I work uh, in landscape construction. I work about 50 hours a week plus, and my employer says that we're not eligible for overtime. Yeah, and Mark, uh, there is an exemption for overtime for construction employees. So if you're in the construction field, uh, landscaping, unfortunately, believe it or not, it is kind of like the Wild West in that sense that you don't have the same protections as you would in other fields. So as unfortunate as it is, your, your employer is right in this situation. You, you don't technically get overtime, uh, and it's, it's really up to you and your employer to agree on the hours and the compensation. The law almost kind of stays away from the construction industry. It's not fair, but it, it's the way that it is at this point. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Mark. That's weird. It's weird how they, they, you know, they're exempt for some reason. Yeah, and by the way, that, that exemption is very important because, as I said, they're exempt from overtime, they're exempt from other things, but they're not exempt, employers in the construction industry, from having to pay the exact same severance. Right. So oftentimes employers in the construction industry, industry think they're just exempt from everything. So not, the law doesn't apply. And some laws don't apply, but when it comes to uh, termination, severance, compensation that you get when you lost your job, it's the exact same thing. So if you're working in the construction industry and you lost your job, you get the exact same amount of severance as if you were working in an office somewhere based on your age or position, the length of your employment. Very important for all our listeners to remember that always. Lior's number, uh, personally, 416-216-5900. Keep that one written down. We'll get this. Uh, situations when it's better actually to quit than continue working. Uh, if salary significantly reduced. Yeah, and, and we're going to start with that, and we're going to list a few situations where it is actually mm-hmm. much better, much better to leave, quit, rather than continue working, uh, not compromise your legal uh, rights, which sometimes would happen if you continue working. And you've mentioned if your salary is reduced. So let's break this down a bit. If your employer reduces your salary, well, that's something the employer is not allowed to do. Uh, A reduction in salary is something that uh, an employer can't do. And if it does happen, it results or can result in what we call a constructive dismissal, which means you're allowed to leave and get your full compensation as if the employer let you go. And why would that be better than continuing to work? Well, number one is it'll be better because you you don't actually have to take a pay cut. Number two, it would be better because you now by by quitting, you're not giving your employer the right to do it again in the future. If you're 
uh, letting your employer reduce your salary and you continue working, you've given them the right to do it again. So if next month they reduce it again and the month after that again and again and again, at that point, you can't do anything about it. So you only have a chance to do something about it right now. Finally, if your employer reduces your pay and a month later they let you go, now they have to pay you severance on the basis of this reduced compensation. So if you're going to get your compensation, if you're going to get your severance, you're better doing it now before the pay cut comes into effect. That's why in many cases, if your employer wants to reduce your pay, you are actually much better off leaving, treating it as a constructive dismissal than continuing to work. Situations where it's better to quit than continue working if a significant demotion, even if the pay is unchanged. How about that? That's right. If you're being demoted, again, in some situations, it may be better to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave. Why? Well, first of all, if you're demoted by allowing that demotion to happen, as I said before, now Mm -hmm. you give the employer the right, arguably, to do it again. You set a precedent. You set that precedent. So next time they'll demote you again and again and again. So that's a problem. The other problem is because you've now accepted a lower level position, if a month later your employer wants to let you go, now they have to now they're terminating someone that's not in a senior position, which means they'll have to pay you less severance. So if you're a manager and now you're not a manager and then you are let go, as a non-manager, you will get less severance. So potentially you're far better off leaving now, getting your severance as a manager and not continuing to work and taking all the risks and liability that happened by accepting that demotion. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Tony, good evening. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, pal. What's up? Okay, I'm actually calling for a friend. She worked for this company for a little over a year as a food sample host. Um, you've seen them in grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. The table with the toothpicks and yeah. everything. Yeah. Right, Absolutely. Okay, so they would call her and tell her which store to go to and which food samples she was going to be giving to the uh, customers. Right. Uh, At the end of the day, she would fill out an invoice, how much um, product was used, her hours. Yes. She would send it in. They would send her back a check, no deductions. Deductions were her responsibility. Right. A couple of weeks ago, they called their they're downsizing. She no longer need. They no longer need her services, mm-hmm. and because she was an independent contractor, she's not entitled to any severance. What's your take on that, Tony? A couple questions. First of all, do you have any idea as to how many hours she used to work? Would she work a couple hours a week? Would she work twenty five hours work, a week? Uh, um, two to three days a week. Right. Sometimes more. Last month, she worked six straight days for them. And other and than it was like um, nine or ten till uh, uh, seven. Wow. And other than this job, did she have another job? No. Okay, so this was really at this point her only source of income. Yes. So she may be considered what we call a dependent contractor as opposed to an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. She probably is not an employee, but she's a dependent contractor. If she's a dependent contractor, she's actually entitled to very much the same severance as an employee would. So I don't think because she was working so much and and fairly regularly, and that was really her only source of income, she's not an independent contractor in the eyes of the law, which means she's owed severance after a year. How how old is she? 62, 63. Yeah, she's probably looking at three, maybe as much as four months pay is what they owe her. Okay, so it's significant. So, Tony, what I would propose you do with your friend is have her give me a call because three, four months is what she's owed. Let me talk to her off air, get a bit more information, and do everything I can to help her get the severance that she's owed. Okay. So- oh, sorry. calls back, Tony. Sorry, I cut you off there, pal. The number is uh, 416-216-5900. I guess they assume, because they're not withholding taxes, 
She's an independent contractor. Yeah, and, and she may well not be an employee, but right. based on what she said, the regular hours, et cetera, and, and exclusive uh, uh, job that she had, she's a dependent contractor. Remember, there's a category between employee and independent contractor. That con- category is dependent contractor, and you still get severance if you lose your job in that situation. Quick break. Give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, or Lior at employmenthour.com. You want to toss an email our way. Lots more of the show coming up here. Yeah, at 724, we'd love to hear from you. And a number outside of show hours at 8 o'clock any time, you can call Lior, his personal number, 416-216-5900. Got uh, Larry and Branch. Larry, thanks for hanging in uh, through the break. What's happening? Thanks. No problem. First off, I'd like to say, Lior, thanks a lot. Uh, I gave you my your number to my brother, and you helped him out tremendously. That's awesome. Thank you, Larry. I have your uh, severance calculator on my phone. <laughs> really? We like Larry. <laughs> can, can I can I hire you to be my uh, my promotions guy, Larry? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the situation. At my work, they have offered attrition, and they, they're looking to get rid of 120 people. The first round was 31 people, so they've offered attrition again. And uh, I don't know how that's going right now. We'll find out next week. But after that, then they're going to start laying people off. Right. Now, are they able to do that? Uh, if, if they have the numbers of, a, of people who want attrition, shouldn't they be offering that to them first? And, and Larry, I take it this is a non-union workplace? It is a non-union workplace. Okay. So in, in a non-union workplace, the, the, ultimately the employer can decide who to, to have leave, who to let go. They don't necessarily have to go with the ones that want to be uh, uh, let go. The employer can decide based on business reasons, really any other reasons, uh, who to let go. And, of course, remember that the employer has to pay severance. You listen to the show, you use the calculator, you, you, haven't, you know about that. But, no, the employer does not necessarily have to go in a specific order or even based on seniority. They can decide, you know, they can say, I'm going to let go of the people that make the most money. I mean, that's not the most ethical thing to do, I agree. But legally, they can do that as long as proper severance is paid to these individuals. Okay, yes, they're, they're talking about, yes, people that make more money, uh, right. bad attendance, uh, you know, disciplinary action, stuff like that is, is what they're looking at. But really, they're still going to have to pay severance, Larry, and, and no matter what. And if these people have worked there for a while, I mean, they could be as much as two years' pay, depending on how long they've worked there. Uh, I've checked it out on, on the severance calculator, and they're actually are offering twice as much as I would be getting. So, they're offering you or someone else twice as much? Uh, for me personally, twice as much. They're offering you double what the calculator says? Yes, yes they are. Wow. attrition? That that's 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 incredible. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Well, my my well, if, if they offer you twice as much, yeah, obviously you, you can and you should take it. Uh, but ultimately, they don't have to follow any particular order. They can decide who to let go, who to lay off. As long as they pay proper severance, the law says that's their obligation. Okay, and on on they they said that like they're going to recall, they're going to rehire next year. Okay, and if you reapply and they accept you, you will be coming into back into the plant at a lower wage. Is that legal? Well, if they let someone go and they pay them severance, if they want to rehire them next year, they can rehire on whatever term the company and the employee agree to. What they cannot do is to say, I'm going to lay you off temporarily and then bring you back next year because the the temporary layoff itself is a termination. But if they pay severance, yeah, anything they do after that, it's, you know, if the employee doesn't want to 
get rehired at a lower salary, the employee doesn't have to go back as long as they got their full severance. Okay. So obviously they've done their homework. Yeah, it, it, it does sound like it. Uh, and certainly if anyone, you or anyone, has more specific questions about your specific situation, happy to talk off air and, and, and get into the, the details. And number 416-216-5900. Now, Larry, oh, he said something interesting. If they uh, let someone go, give them their full severance, fine. Next year they rehire them. Even if it's a lower wage they're offering, do they have to recognize previous service? So the, the, the short answer is no, they don't. They don't have to uh, recognize previous service if they hire back. That, the thing is this, that they may not mean to recognize uh, prior service, but they actually might even not intending to. So, for example, if they hire someone uh, at the same wage rate or if they give them as much vacation as they had before, if they don't put a probationary period, they may be considered to have, to have recognized the service implicitly. Wow. So the best way for an employer, if the employer doesn't want past service to be recognized, they should say that. They should say that exactly and specifically in the employment agreement. They should say, we are not recognizing past service. So for employers, that is the best thing to do for an employee, of course. You want to have your past service recognized. So if the agreement is silent on the issue of past service, you may well be considered to have your past service recognized. More your phone calls coming up, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. And we'll also continue with the situations when it is better to quit rather than continue working. You have the option of emailing Lior as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Anytime we get to... uh Mike, thanks for hanging on. Mike, what's up? Yeah, hey, I'm on hands-free. Does that mess up the radio at No, all, you or? sound good. Okay, good. Uh, hey, uh, great show, Lior. Uh, big fan. Great public service and very educational for a lot of people. Thanks, Mike. Um, thank you very much. You guys could use a divorce lawyer on there, though. Too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Maybe maybe we'll, uh, we'll do that sometime. Like, yeah, like big time. Like no one knows the law. Anyway... And calling on behalf of uh, my daughter, yeah, uh, I, I, I actually went after my ex-employer and uh, years ago, and you're preaching to the choir. But this one, I don't know what to do. If she she had a great job in uh, in Toronto here, and uh, she got a great promotion to move to the states. They moved her all the way down there. It's been there a couple of years. Long time kind of employee, like for a young person, like say 10 years and uh now they're starting to go well we don't know if this is working out and stuff and all i told her was i said do not trust them for one minute you know like just be cautious so i'm just wondering between uh i know it's probably u.s employment law is way different but number one uh could you represent somebody in that situation and number two, like I listen to every word you say, like don't don't accept a change. Sometimes it's better to just leave before they start diminishing your salary. Right. So they're sweet talking her, but she's making a lot of money. She's done very well, and I I don't want to see her kind of chewed up by a machine. You know what I mean? Now, Mike, when when she was moved to the U.S., did the company have her sign a, a new agreement for this new job? That's a good question. Uh, I assume that there's probably a job description uh, employment contract. But so, so here's why I'm asking, because it's, yeah. it's likely if she did sign an agreement, and she probably did, is that that agreement would say the laws of which jurisdiction would apply, whether it's the laws here in Canada and Ontario or the laws of the state where she's working in. 
Uh, and the only way I could ever help her is if it's the laws of Ontario that apply. So the parties can agree that she's going to work in the state of uh, Illinois, but the laws of Ontario will apply. And if that's what happened, I can help her. If it's really the laws of Illinois or of any other state, number one, not only can I actually not help her, I can't help her in the U.S., but the employment laws there are so different and they're actually very, very bad for the employee. They're very good for the employer. So it's quite possible that she would have very little that she can do. Uh, at least she'd have to consult with the lawyer there. So as a starting point, I can take a look at her agreement and see if it helps me represent her, if it tells me that the laws of Ontario, the parties have agreed will continue to apply. If that's not the case, the best advice I can give you, Mike, is she needs to speak with the lawyer as soon as possible in the state where she's working. An employment lawyer. An employment uh, lawyer in that state, that's yeah. Yeah, whether whatever state is an employer, it's, it's, a, it's a state thing, it's not a federal thing, so she needs to find a, a lawyer over there. Uh, but I'm happy to take a look at the agreement and give you at least an initial opinion, on, uh, no charge on that. Yeah, and uh, again, hats off, and I think uh, any, uh, as you said earlier, uh, people looking for jobs, I think they'd be going to a great profession, especially working in your office there. Uh, <laughs> it's a great well, opportunity. I, I love the show. Just... Guys, get a divorce lawyer on there. That's all I can say. Thanks, Mike. Much appreciated. And I appreciate the compliments. Thank you. Oh, I love Mike. Mike's good. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We're talking about situations when it's better to quit than continue working. How about if repeatedly getting unfair negative feedback? Yeah. And, you know, why is it better? It's better. Well, first of all, what does it mean to get uh, uh, unfair negative feedback? Usually what it means is your employer is building up a case against you to try to let you go for cause. And the problem with you continuing to working, despite the fact that they're giving you this negative feedback, is you may be considered to have agreed right. to this negative feedback. And that's a bad thing because then if the employer wants to let you go at some point, they'll say, look at all this negative feedback that we gave you, these warnings, uh, these bad performance reviews. Now we can let you go for cause, which means we don't have to pay you anything. So obviously, if you're going to leave employment, you're better off leaving with compensation, with severance. It goes without saying. So if your employer keeps giving you bad reviews, if your employer keeps uh, harassing you, if your employer keeps giving you unfair discipline, that alone could be a constructive dismissal, which means you can leave now, not have to take this type of behavior, and get your full severance. And by doing that, you're not risking a situation down the road where you're going to be uh, potentially let go for cause, and then you have to fight your employer uh, to prove that there was no cause. So if you're uh, regularly subjected to bad reviews, bad uh, discipline, no reason, it's not justified, you may actually be able to leave and get severance. And by the way, guess what? If you do that, you're better off. And by the way, just before we even continue, John, very important with all these things we were talking about, I don't want anyone, no one, to quit without speaking to me first. I don't want anyone to say, well, I heard you say on the radio that it's better to quit, so I just quit today. No, no. First you talk to me, right. then we decide whether it makes sense to quit. Uh, don't quit and then talk to me. Bad idea. Leor at employmenthour.com. Brian writes in and says, uh, if I'm given 12 weeks notice of termination, but I find a job and quit before then, am I entitled to get paid for the rest of the 12 weeks? Uh, good question uh, here from Brian. I get that often. You're, and here's the situation. You, your employer says, we're telling you that 12 weeks from now, we don't have uh, a job for you. We're giving you 12 weeks notice. So you start looking for work and you find a job and you find a job three weeks later. Uh, guess what? At that point, if you quit, no, you're not entitled to any other compensation. That's considered a resignation. So even though your employer is the one that gave you notice of termination, if you leave before the last day of notice, usually that's a, a, a termination, sorry, a resignation, which means you don't have other entitlements. 
And by the way, if your employer gives you notice, they may still owe you severance right. after that notice is done. So potentially by, by quitting, you may be also walking away from additional compensation, additional severance that would be owed to you after the notice expires. And this is where, again, they can use a severance pay calculator, do the math, work out the difference, and there you go. Right? Exactly. Severancepaycalculator.com. We'll take a uh, short break. Love to get more of your phone calls here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up on Talk Radio, AM 640. Yeah, I got just over 15 minutes. You want to get in on the show, ask a question. We'd love to, uh, to hear from you. In the meantime, we're talking about situations when it's better to quit than continue working. We work our way down lists if uh, subject to repeated and provable harassment. Yeah, so, you know, and we always talk about harassment. We often talk about harassment because it is a, a real, real problem. People that are being bullied in the workplace, they're being harassed, they're being mistreated, uh, and, and it's a bad thing. And in my experience, when, when something like that happens and the problem doesn't get fixed, it just gets worse. It, it rarely resolves itself. And uh, if you're being harassed, if you're mistreated in the workplace, you know, you're, you're feeling miserable, you're unhappy, you don't want to go to work in the morning, uh, you go there and you suffer, uh, you know what? There's better things you should be doing with your life, and it is better to quit in that situation. Because, number one, if you're harassed and you can show that you've been harassed, that also is considered a termination. You're going to be entitled to compensation if you leave as a result of the harassment. And that's far better than being miserable all the time and maybe eventually having to end up on a disability leave because you're now suffering from anxiety and depression. So in many situations, if you're being harassed, mistreated, as long as you can show it, as long as there's some a way to, to establish that, a record, an email, uh, someone to corroborate what you've been through, there is something you can do about it. You don't have to take it. You can leave and get compensation. And I would much rather do that than, than suffer every day. And again, if you're in that situation, if you're being bullied or harassed, give me a call. Let's talk about how we actually document that and how do we solve the problem and maybe even remove you from that workplace so you don't have to suffer every day. How often does that go hand in hand with, say, a human rights code violation? It is fairly often, actually, quite, quite often. Oftentimes people are being harassed because of what we call a discriminatory ground. So maybe a woman is being harassed because she's a woman or uh, someone from a different ethnic uh, origin may be harassed because of their ethnicity or someone, you know, because of their disability. You know, that, that's schoolyard stuff, you would think, but it happens in the modern workplace. So whenever you're being harassed or mistreated because of a certain characteristic that you have, that not only is illegal because it's harassment, it also could be a human rights violation, uh, which is, makes it doubly illegal. Uh, so we see that very, very often for men, women, uh, and, and you know, again, it's something that the law provides for protection. You don't have to suffer quietly. There is something you could do about it. Start off by giving me a call. 416-216-5900 is Lior's direct number. And we're talking about situations when it's better to quit than continue working if not been paid a significant amount owing, such as, I don't know, a bonus. Right. And, and if you're owed a significant amount of compensation, your bonus, uh, for example, your employer says, we're not going to pay you the bonus. If, if you continue working, well, number one, you're not going to get the bonus. But number two, by allowing your employer not to pay you something that they owe you, again, you're potentially giving them a right to do it again. So you may think, well, okay, it's just this year that I'm not going to get a bonus. Uh, and next year, they'll pay me the bonus. Well, maybe now they don't have to next year because you let them get away with it this year. So guess what? If your employer doesn't pay you what they owe you, a bonus, you've earned it, and they don't want to pay it, they change the terms of the plan, you can treat that potentially as a termination of your employment, get your severance, and get that bonus or the money that's owing to you over and above that. So to me, that's better than not getting paid something I'm owed and then also making life worse for myself in the future. 
So if you're owed money, you don't get paid money, you actually may be better off leaving, getting your compensation, than staying. So in any of these uh, situations we've outlined over the last uh, 40 minutes, uh, if, if anybody's in this situation that we've discussed, do they need to do anything before they resign? Well, the, the first thing that we want to always understand is, can we establish the issue? If, if the, your employer is reducing your salary, is there something we can corroborate? Is there an email saying we're reducing your salary? Uh, do we have a copy of the employment agreement that your employer wants to, to you to sign? Or can we establish you've been harassed? Can we, can we show that? Can we prove it? And the second thing you have to do is not actually quit. Do not quit, as I said before, before you talk to me. Uh, because we need to do this right. We may even want to work very briefly in a letter, letter of resignation that makes it clear you're not resigning because you want to spend more time on the golf course. You're resigning because your salary was reduced. So again, do not quit. Do not do anything. Uh, if you're in one of those situations before we speak, once we speak, we can decide exactly what we need to do. If it makes sense to quit, how we're going to quit, how we're going to do it, uh, what we're going to say. Uh, and, and that's the best advice I can give anyone. Contact as well as the phone number, Lior at employmenthour.com. Got to, uh, Phil here writes in says, I've just received notice that I'm temporarily laid off and that the layoff can be as long as 13 weeks. Can they do that? Yeah, you know, uh, Phil, no, they cannot do that. And very important for our listeners, especially those that have not heard us before, a temporary layoff is a termination. An employer in a non-union environment does not have a right to lay you off temporarily, which means if you've been laid off temporarily, you have a choice. You can treat that as a termination if you want and get your full severance and then leave now. You get your full severance, you move on. Or you sit at home and wait and hope at some point a few months from now your employer may or may not call you back. So uh, you have that choice. You can make that choice now. The problem, by the way, John, of course, by allowing the employer to lay you off and not doing anything and coming back to work mm -hmm. five months later is that you've now potentially given them the right to do it again. So now in a year from now, if they want to lay you off temporarily again, now they can do it. Wow. Why? Because a year before you let them get away with it. So uh, no, Phil, they cannot do that. You should get your severance. Squeeze in a quick call before we go to break out. Brian in Toronto. Good evening, Brian. Good evening. How are you guys? Today? Good. What's happening? Uh, just a quick question. It's more uh, for, for a friend of mine. Um, she works at a uh, job where she works 10 months of the year in a teaching position at a daycare and then has uh, two months off, they get laid off in the, in the summer. Right. And then they come back to work the next year. She's been doing this for approximately 15 years. Okay. And what I'm wondering about, a situation happened at work where one of the other staff members physically went up and threatened the person and waved their fist in her face, and now she's afraid to go back to work and stuff like that. What's your best course of action for that particular situation. Excellent question, Brian. First of all, uh, she needs to see if it's possible at all to resolve it internally. What I mean by that, she needs to go to, to, to her boss, she needs to go to uh, HR, someone uh, senior, and tell them exactly what happened. Don't hold anything back and ask them to deal with it. And, and the employer has to do, do something, take measures, potentially is letting go of, of the person that's guilty or making some other change, uh, speaking to the person, trying to solve the problem. If she can't do that, maybe uh, maybe the one that threatened her was the boss, so she can't go talk to the boss, or maybe she's already tried that and nothing happened. At that point, she needs to talk to me because if she can, uh, if she's not comfortable going to work, if she feels unsafe because someone physically threatened her, that easily can be a constructive dismissal, which means she can leave and get her severance. And after 15 years, uh, Brian, that could easily be as much as 18 months potentially compensation that she's owed. So try to resolve it internally. If you cannot, let's speak. 
Let's see if we can resolve it by way of getting her the compensation and getting her removed from that workplace so she doesn't have to be worried about going into work. Take a quick one. The number, if you want to get in a couple last-minute calls here before the top of the hour, the end of the show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Employment Hour continues. Talk radio, AM 640. Get to the uh, phones right away. Squeeze one in before we wrap it up. Uh, Johnny in Toronto, good evening. Uh, good evening, guys. Uh, I was wondering, Lior, um, I was dismissed from a job um, inappropriately and uh, I was when I went to apply for unemployment um, I was denied and I called for um, like a reassessment sort of thing and uh, when I got a, a hold of the person from Service Canada they informed me that my previous manager had submitted something ridiculous like 35 forms uh, pieces of paper to say why I was dismissed and it was total nonsense like it wasn't true and that's what they based my denial of unemployment insurance on. Wow. And fortunately for me, after the employment counselor read it, she said, well, a lot of these reports seem to contradict each other. They say that you stay at work too late, then they say you don't stay at work late enough. So, like, my question is, what can you do when somebody, like, that, he's basically slandered me, like, to the government, like, you know, put a flag in my file to say, oh, this guy doesn't deserve unemployment. Yeah. So, like, I, sending them a pack of lies. Like, what, what can I do? So when you were let go, did you sign off on a, on a separation agreement with the company? Uh, no, I didn't. Like, with, I know with, with my situation, it is through union, so I know, like, I can't get help in that matter because right. I'm sort of stuck with them. But I'm wondering, like, outside of that, like... The only thing that can like, be done... To, yeah, the only thing, Johnny, that can be done here is uh, work on EI and deal with them. You can't really do much vis-a-vis your employer in this situation. You could do in a non-union environment. So you have to outline to EI why it's wrong and maybe give whatever documents you have to back up your position that what the employer is saying is not correct and hopefully EI approves you. The law doesn't consider that to be a defamation. You could potentially take legal action against your employer if EI refuses to give you a compensation for, for the losses you've incurred. You can't really do that as part of a union. So the only thing you could do in this situation is is continue to work with the I. You may have to f- uh, file for a formal appeal process over and above the one that you've already went uh, through to get your compensation from EI. Uh, that's really your only recourse here. Right, because like I did end up getting the money from oh, EI. Like, they Excellent. did overturn the decision because they, the lady said, like, this is contradictory information. Yeah. I'm not sure who sent this to us, but they're saying one thing on one piece of paper and the complete opposite on another. Yeah. But I'm just I'm concerned that, you know, in the future, say 10, 20 years down the road, am I going to have a flag in my EI file? Or no, no, EI has person? nothing to do with it. As long as you get approved, that's really the only thing that you need to worry about. That They don't keep records. There's nothing to do with uh, your future employment. So there's certainly nothing you need to worry about here. I'm glad you got your pr- approved. Uh, so really, from a legal standpoint, that does conclude that matter. And for those non-union folks, Severance Pay Calculator. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. For, again, for non, the reasons for non-union folks, by the way, John, is because a unionized employee, their entitlements are governed by the collective agreement, which usually means you're going to get a fraction, a small fraction, unfortunately, of what you would get as a non-union employee. So again, non-union employees, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You find out exactly how much compensation you're owed. It's free. It's easy to use. And please do tell everyone, maybe you're out there uh, mowing your lawn. The weather's getting better now. When you see your neighbor across the street and you get talking and he tells you, uh, bad news, my wife just lost her job. Well, you tell them to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Be a good friend to them. Uh, everyone should do it. The first place you go to if you lost your job. And uh, my termination questions as well when we're not on the air. That's right. Actually, terminationquestions.com. Termination yeah. Yes. And thank you. if you, <laughs> thank you, John. If you lost. Why was your, I thinking of my termination? I don't know. Maybe there's. Some weird forecasting there. Yeah. 
Huh. So terminationquestions.com, it's a website that we've created. As the name suggests, it allows you to ask any question you want about your employment situation. It's free. It's anonymous. Uh, we answer right there online, usually within a few minutes. No, no names disclosed. So terminationquestions.com. If you want to ask another question anytime, go there 24-7. Uh, it's a great tool, and we've already answered thousands of questions. You can go ahead and, and read and, and inform yourself a lot about employment law and workplace rights. Until next time, 416-216-5900. That is Lior's number. Use it, write it down, keep it. And Lior at employmenthour.com through email. This has been the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM640.